In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, many of you, or at least some of you, may be familiar with the life of Hilaire Belloc, a 20th century writer and historian born to a French father and an English mother, who from 1906 to 1910 was a member of British Parliament from Salford South. And during a campaign speech one day, he was asked by a heckler if he was a papist. Gentlemen, he responded, I'm a Catholic. As far as possible, I go to Mass every day. Then, he continued, taking it out of his pocket. This, he said, is a rosary. As far as possible, I kneel down and tell these beads every day. If you reject me on account of my religion, I shall thank God that he has spared me the indignity of being your representative. The crowd erupted in applause and Belloc won his election. Few have ever so forcefully and so succinctly described the ready confidence which we should have in this most ancient, most venerable prayer of the Holy Rosary. Where did it come from? Many of you are familiar with the details, but to refresh your memories, it was in the south of France, in the 1100s, where a malignant heresy was ravaging the countryside. The Albigensians, as they were called, who had split off from an earlier heretical sect known as the Cathars, the pure ones, they fancy themselves the woke, you might say. They like to think of themselves as morally superior to everyone else. And the spread of this heresy was, it must be admitted, unfortunately due to the bad example of the clergy of the era. For too many lived in ignorance and worldliness, often giving scandal to the faithful. Now, these Albigensian heretics derided, denigrated the sovereign goodness of God as being no longer superior to evil. They said that good and evil are essentially equal and opposite principles, putting them on an equal footing. It had already been refuted by St. Augustine in the 5th century, but I think even without that, you see the dangers of such a mentality. And God and all of heaven were not sitting idly by and watching what was happening to these poor inhabitants of Catholic France, how many were being led to their eternal ruin by the promoters of this false religion. So the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to St. Dominic de Guzman, the founder of the Order of Preachers, and our Blessed Mother instructed the saints that he and all the faithful should take up the ardent and regular recitation of her Psalter, the Holy Rosary, in her honor as a remedy to heresy and to sin and the surest means to save souls. The faithful and the clergy alike in the afflicted areas of the south of France obeyed our Blessed Mother's instruction. The heresy of the Albigensians was unable to withstand the onslaught of this most powerful spiritual weapon, like invincible artillery fire coming down on you from heaven, 
And in the centuries since, the Catholic faithful and clergy have seen in the rosary, and the ro rosary truly is something like the mainstay of our spiritual life after the holy sacrifice of the Mass, second in importance only to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I remember still very vividly the insistence of one of the superiors of our seminary, to all the seminarians, never go to bed without having recited your rosary. It's a devotion which has the advantage of being perfectly suited to both the simple and the advanced, the common man and the intellectual, no matter their skills, their intelligence, their state in life. It instills in us that virtue which renders us most like our Lord Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, humility. It's the humble prayer of a child at the knees of his mother, awaiting all from her, desiring to do only as she asks. You will see then, I hope, that the recitation of the Holy Rosary must be offered up as a heartfelt and sincere prayer, truly meditating on, considering mentally the mysteries of the Rosary which are there contained from the lives of our Lord and Our Lady, not just rushing through it like we so often do. And I include myself in that number. The evil one leaves innumerable snares for priests, these special friends and close associates of our Lord. The thought that there are priests who do not invoke the Mother of God, and surprisingly, there are many who do not commend themselves to her maternal care, it's a cause for sadness because they are like soldiers going into battle who have laid down their weapons. The priestly heart must indeed hold a special place for Our Lady. His heart must venerate her with a truly childlike love. The Holy Rosary is not only the chosen prayer of the common multitude of the faithful and clergy, it has also received the hearty endorsements of countless saints and many holy and erudite popes, especially Pope Leo XIII. Listen to the, these words of his encyclical from 1883, Supremi Apostolatus Officio. He says, this devotion, so great and so confident, to the august Queen of Heaven, is never shown forth with such brilliancy as when the militant Church of God has seemed to be endangered by the violence of heresy spread abroad, or by an intolerable moral corruption, or by the attacks of powerful enemies. Ancient and modern history and the more sacred annals of the church bear witness to public and private supplications addressed to the mother of God, to the help she has granted in return, and to the peace and tranquility which she has obtained from God. Hence, her illustrious titles of helper, consoler, mighty in war, victorious, and peacegiver. The violence of heresy, intolerable moral corruption, and the attacks of powerful enemies. It would seem that this encyclical is in many ways a prophecy of our own age. But there's a difference. 
There was perhaps no era in the history of the church except our own, when so many of her enemies had penetrated her innermost fortresses. No age when so many errors were propagated by those with the very charge of handing on the faith. To go off script a bit, always dangerous, I recently tried to read a bit one of the documents associated with this upcoming Synod on Synodality, this apparent need for a meeting on meetings. All I did was give myself a headache trying to make sense of it. It would be almost impossible to accuse it of, to accuse it of having heresy in it because it was so incredibly vague. like alphabet soup, just words and letters strung together. But what is the point of it? If I were you, dear faithful, I would be asking that question. What is the point of being questioned on what you think the church should teach? She should teach what she's always taught, what Christ taught what the apostles taught. All I see in these documents is words like peripheries, margins, building bridges. What does it all mean? If it means building bridges to a day or a place when the Catholic faith will be something in contradiction to what it used to be, that's a bridge I don't want to get on. That's a bridge that's going to be crushed underneath the heel of Our Lady on the last day when her Immaculate Heart finally triumphs. So in the midst of enemies outside and in, there is nevertheless a truth which is of capital importance. For all, for all of us to remember that which our greatest enemy, that which is our greatest enemy remains most often ourselves. Original sin has taken its toll. We see our lukewarmness in the faith, the coldness of our love for God, our compromises with sin. Behold, these are truly the most mortal perils for our salvation. So therefore, as if gravely wounded in a desperate battle, let us cling with hope to the one weapon that has the power to save us from our predicament. If we can put aside a bit of time every day to meditate piously on the mysteries of the Holy Rosary, Our Lady will do what she has always promised her faithful children. Unite us to her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.